0: Welcome to the J Connection Podcast.
1: I'm Jesse. And I'm Jordan. Today we'll be joined by our friend Alex.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: To talk about technology and video games. Fact of the day, one
0: 10-inch pizza is more pizza than two 7-inch pizzas.
1: So pizza math. <laughs> The most important kind of math. I have it yes. on good authority, though, that uh, it's not not so much about the length of the pizza that matters, but more more the width. That that's just what I've heard. Well, if
2: your pizzas are circle, shouldn't those be the same?
0: <laughs> Completely different. <That's,
1: laughs> we talking deep dish? S-
2: square pizzas, <laughs> rectangular <laughs> pizzas,
1: flat, trapezoidal. <laughs> That's all the funny shapes that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, welcome to the Rhombus? podcast. Oh, wait. We got a shout-out.
0: <laughs> I got a shout-out. Um. So, I've been looking at our analytics, right? Some, mm. Somebody agree with me that I've been looking at the analytics, right?
2: Yes, you have. Preach it.
0: I've been looking at the analytics. And either we have a listener in Dublin, Ireland, or, like Alex said, Earlier, before we started recording, that someone changed their VPN address. <laughs> and I don't listening. like to think that. <laughs> Neither do I. I like to believe that there is someone <laughs> in Ireland listening. And I just want to shout them out and say thank you. And if you ever want to be on, just email us. You know where to find it's, us.
1: It's always been our goal to be a multinational podcast. So, here we are. Doing it. Alex, welcome
0: you to the podcast. Are...
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Hey, thanks. No thanks for being on. Uh, and we'll see you later.
2: <laughs> All right, see you guys. It's been fun. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, so Alex, we Jesse. we Jordan and I we know you pretty well. Uh, we went to school together. We did. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Uh, yeah. So I went to school with you guys uh i moved to kind of our area from ohio to pennsylvania um kind of an elementary school so i kind of feel like i've split my childhood in half between two different places call both of my places home and uh
0: that was elementary school
2: yeah fifth grade buddy
0: oh yeah. i thought i thought it was like sixth i was close <laughs> <laughs> Nice.
2: But yeah, so uh, <clears throat> after after high school, we kind of all went our separate ways, or at least I kind of did. I went out of state or back to kind of Ohio to go to college. Um, and I uh, studied computer science. And now I'm kind of, you know, still living out here in Ohio. I'm in the Cleveland area. I'm working as a software engineer. Mm. Um, it's uh, good stuff
0: remember whenever I came out and partied
2: that's right I remember our our night downtown
0: that that is a night that I will never forget because that is the only time that I have ever done anything like that (laughs) (laughs) and part of me doesn't know if I want to do it again or not
2: yeah no I was only downtown for a year I uh I got out of there I did not uh not really enjoy it i'd rather have a quiet house in the suburbs to be honest
0: although your apartment nice. your apartment was beautiful
2: <laughs> it was beautiful but the uh the heating and cooling costs were ridiculous right hmm. um and it wasn't it was not worth it
1: <laughs> so what made you up huh? oh, hey sorry this is this is more my curiosity how expensive is it out there <laughs>
2: uh the like the apartment i had downtown or like the house i have here because they're very two different ballparks yeah uh,
1: Either or, or both, I guess. It's,
2: so like, downtown, um, it's around, like, I mean, it's not, like, crazy expensive. It's it was, My apartment downtown was uh, 1200 a month. Um, and that didn't include oh, wow. utilities. And that's where I was getting uh, dinged pretty hard. Because hmm. it was a giant uh, loft apartment with, like, 30-foot uh, original, like, warehouse windows. So they didn't seal properly. And they had uh, no insulation. Okay. So, like... My running my electric heater at full tilt twenty four seven in the winter was Mm. costing me like five hundred dollars a month. And it wasn't even warming the apartment. So uh (laughs) yeah. Um but then my house here, which is kind of in the suburbs, is uh much less expensive. It's uh twelve hundred dollars. Well, it's eleven hundred dollars and then it's being split between me and uh my roommate, Brendan, you guys you guys know.
0: He was also on the podcast.
2: He was. He was. Um, I
1: just. I always like giving myself uh, apartment envy because we pay twelve hundred here uh, for a one bedroom, like seven hundred square feet, and it's an hour away from where I work. So, wow, it just it hurts all the way around. Are you in? Are you in
2: like the D.C. area? Or are you like in? Uh, yeah, surrounding this area? this would
1: be well the surrounding area. This would be okay. considered like the metro area. But so I'm like five miles from the city, which country boy that sounds real close but <laughs> again that's an hour <laughs> that's <laughs> wow
2: well that's just because the traffic there is like notoriously bad isn't it like
1: yeah oh yeah yeah it's just nightmarish i mean we're in one of the quieter places but e- even yeah, during it's... quarantine it's starting to pick up a little bit which is both concerning and not at all surprising <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i went for a drive around here earlier this week When it wasn't snowing and um, the roads were like empty, it was kind of bizarre. I was out at like six o'clock. I was just needed to take a drive Mm -hmm. um, because it was sort of nice and just kind of get out of the house because I have been pretty much on quarantine, locked in my house for about a month now. So, yeah. But yeah, the roads are empty.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not fun staying in.
2: (laughs) It's funny. I I feel like I've prepared like my whole life. (laughs) by playing video games and not socializing with people for this. And I feel like I've finally reached the point where it's like, yeah, this is too much isolation <laughs> even for me.
0: So before we get into, like, the technology, uh, why'd you go for studying software?
2: Um, It was really just my very broad interest in computers. And um, before going to college, I had never written a single line of code which is what i went to college for Mm -hmm. so like immediately there was tons of um you know other students that i was there with my peers that were you know leaps and bounds ahead of me because as you guys are aware our high school was very um in a remote location and didn't really have uh good technology classes you know i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) um so the only kind of experience we had at our college was like hardware stuff like building computers and stuff like that and um, hmm. I did a lot of that in high school, um, and just that kind of interest—you um, can't really make a career out of that, generally, mm-hmm. um, just because it's not that difficult to do, because you can learn how to do it in high school. Um,
0: Speak for yourself.
2: <laughs> hey, I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can make a living building computers, I'm really jealous of you. Because if I could do that, I would. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. But well, um, I, I had to call.
0: I've... I I, I want to say I had to call you or t- or talk to you in order to put. A fan in my computer. That's right. <laughs> and I was so scared I was going to break the whole
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I built a computer I use, and it is it is amazing how simple they can make it. So an idiot yeah. like me can't screw it up.
2: They're really just uh, Legos for adults that cost a lot of money. Like, you can't put them in the wrong places, generally, unless, you know, most of the plugs are idiot-proof. So if you're, like, mm-hmm. pushing on something with 200 pounds of force, you're not putting it in the right place. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that, that basically my general interest in computers and video games is what made me want to look towards the next closest thing that, you know, would be a decent career long-term. And that was computer science and uh, just programming.
1: I,
0: I want to learn programming, but it's just... It's too... I It's daunting. I don't want to yeah, say it's, it, it's, it's, it looks, it's too difficult, because I, I, I'm probably wrong i know it's probably hard but
2: yeah it's definitely i would say there there's no better time than like now um just because of all the online resources that are available um generally for free and Mm. there's way more um user-friendly computer languages that one can pick up um that don't require you to know um really you know without getting too into the weeds, there's like different levels of, you know, computer programming languages, some that are really low machine level, like writing zeros and ones or one layer above that, and then there's stuff where you're writing out like actual English words, and the latter is, you know, um, a bit more easier to grasp, and uh, you can find resources on, you know, free guides and tutorials online all over the place for that, so... Right. Yeah. I would encourage you to give it a shot.
1: Yeah, it's as uh so I obviously in a chemistry department, not so much known for computers, but um, it was funny. One of the classes I was taking was uh, studying uh, spectra, which is doesn't really matter what that means. But um, it the guy the guy who was teaching it was just like, look, if you can figure out how to code, your life is going to get so much easier, because like rather than um, going and uh, looking at information and being scrolling down to line 3,000 that it outputs and writing down the number that they have there, you could just write something that would do that for you, and mm-hmm. it would, you would save yourself a whole lot of time, a whole lot of hassle, and it's also er- more error-proof pro- that way. And I just, it seems like a lot of people I know know how to code. And then on top of that, there's so much you can do with uh, coding. That's sort of chemistry specific. It's uh, since I've been staying home, I had to sort of dip my feet in computational chemistry, which is a whole weird deal. But it's basically all coding, and it's like hmm. if not not just for working on computers, it would be good to know for a lot of different uh, different uh, topics.
2: Right. You... Yeah, I can't even begin to imagine what kind of uh, computational stuff you're dealing with in terms of like chemistry and stuff, but uh, definitely out of my uh, realm. But
0: Do you use Dreamweaver, or what do you use?
2: To code, um, depends on what I'm coding for, but um, I'd say 90% of the stuff that I code in is uh, uh, it's called Visual Studio. It's a Microsoft product. So the company I work for is a Microsoft-partnered company, so... Most of the stuff we do is in some way or another related to Microsoft. Um, So that's what we use generally. So is
0: Dreamweaver, like, useless then?
2: (laughs) Dreamweaver, that's an Adobe product, correct? Yeah. I think that's mostly for building... You would use that to build, like, a static website, I think. If you wanted a, uh, you know, if you had a brand... And you wanted to just promote some of your products, and you kind of have like that elevator pitch website where it's just, you know, one or two pages and you can kind of scroll down and see pictures and stuff. Um, At least from my understanding, that's kind of what Dreamweaver does. It's not going to build you like enterprise web apps or anything like that, which is kind of more my realm.
0: Because I took one class in Dreamweaver at community college and i i hated it first off because i got so frustrated just trying to put not not even trying to put a picture on there but trying to make a picture rotate right (laughs) it was just it was just horrible uh but we're we're diving in a lot into coding here so (laughs) let's let's change change the tune just a little bit alex jesse what's what's your favorite kind of technology other than, Ooh, like, that's... when I say, com- okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that question because you already said you like computers.
2: That was going to be my answer. Yeah. I see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I figured.
2: So, um,
0: how do I want to phrase this question? What's your newest favorite add on to, or technology, okay. I guess?
2: Yeah. Um, I think if I had to pick kind of uh, a supplemental technology that's not just as general as computers um i think i'd probably go with vr Hmm. um i've kind of dipped my toes in that recently buying um kind of uh, the inexpensive option of a playstation vr Uh i already have a playstation um just kind of see how i liked it make sure i don't get horribly motion sick from it and uh it's really really fun it's great for parties as uh, you are aware of yes yeah. and uh, <laughs> at this point I'm considering buying you know the 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 full-blown oculus. Um, like oculus and all that stuff I just need more space where my computer is right now than I have mm. so I'll probably hold off on that for a while but um,
0: so I have a question yeah hey, you, you you might be able to answer this because I figured the way the PlayStation VR because we I got one for myself too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PlayStation VR, it runs off of or it detects your motion using like the light, right? That's yeah. on the face yeah. mask and the and the handles. What yep. an Oculus! How does it know where you're moving? Because I've seen people play that in in like daytime light.
2: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it uses it uses like you have to mount like little sensors in your room in specific locations and then tell the Oculus software. Um, and this is just my um, best at guess because I've never actually used it. Okay. But you have to mount these sensors in your room somewhere and the software needs to know where they are. And it basically tri- kind of sort of triangulates the position that way. Um, but I think they're probably like IR blasters or um, some sort of uh, high frequency like signal. Um, but it's not light like you said
0: that's insane
2: <laughs> yeah they're getting the the light is a cheap and expensive way to do it but then obviously has some major drawbacks of if you open your blinds while trying to play it you you can't play right <laughs> um but yeah the the oculus and stuff and that's why they're so much more expensive i think is because the motion tracking technology because at this point they're getting into like you know um, I think they're getting like fingers and stuff too and hands like not just like a stump moving around in, in space you know mm. they can track individual digits
0: mm. I've, I've also seen that uh, or I've seen two things it's called there's one for Beat Saber which I've, I've been playing a lot recently but they had a backpack that was on sale
2: oh did you yeah. see
0: that that helps you like the
2: one that has like the the wireless receiver or
0: oh i have no i don't know about that it just it it makes you feel the beat it
2: oh oh, i understand it's a a haptic feedback yeah 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 yeah
1: i think you're really if you need some equipment to help you feel the beat you're really going about it wrong that's all i have to say
2: (laughs) Jordan would just get bigger speakers, piss off <laughs> I, neighbors.
1: You just gotta let it move through you. Is all I'm saying. Well, no.
0: <laughs> See, I, I was, I was getting, i was getting to a point here of when you get can play like a war game in VR, and you're right. wearing a vest, and like you can feel getting shot, not like actually being shot, but like you get like the a pain, but like that like a, feedback, like yeah, a band in your, your chest. You. That would be like it'd be cool but also terrifying do you agree or yeah. disagree
2: I think that'd be cool I, I think it it's it's weird though because um, as setups get more advanced like that it starts to be, to become I think a little bit more um, looked down upon in society right mm-hmm. if you have to put on this mm-hmm. whole like suit to play video games at least right now if that was the case people would look at you and kind of like w- what is this guy doing out of well, that. Go it's, outside.
1: So, <laughs> it's sort of. It seems like the barrier, even there, there's a barrier for people who already are interested in video games. It's just like nobody has been been able to make a smooth VR setup, and yes, it, it's it's the whole point is to be more immersive. But then you have people getting motion sickness or running into their. Uh, their furniture around the house and things like that mm. and so it seems to me that that's been because I, I hear like the you're wearing a suit and you start getting feedback from the game like that's really interesting and I, I'd certainly be interested to see something like that but then it's at the same time is that gonna be more immersive and more uh, is it going to appeal to the gaming or any other audience any more think, than regular video games already do
2: I think it would appeal much um more to a very niche audience, mm-hmm. um, but not ne- not large enough that it would be worth the money, at least mm. right now.
0: I think if you really wanted to get a good VR experience, where you had like the gloves and the uh, the vest or the haptic feedback, you would have to have like a uh, like a a video game store uh, place to go. Like it it it'd, yeah. be, it'd be stuff that some would be sort t- of. Go
2: ahead. You didn't have, like, a dedicated environment or something to yeah. experience okay, okay. the VR in. Right. Like, a, this is my bedroom. This is the bathroom. Here's my VR play box, <laughs> you know.
0: Right. But that way... I remember
2: seeing, like, years ago at... uh, it was probably some E3 or something like that. They had one of this, like, m- like device that you would, like, uh, sit yourself in. It's kind of like those little, like, uh, chair things that they put babies in that they bounce in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's for adults in VR, I've seen and this. Uh, you wear like special socks that are, um, you know, really slippery, and then you stand on this like tracking floor that's also really slippery, and then it just holds you, just your weight. That way, you can spin your body around, and you can move and walk forward, and the game will track that with the floor. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, a setup like that would be really expensive. Hmm. Uh, that's the that's the prohibitive cost right now is what's keeping that from, I think, becoming a household staple in every gamer's
1: uh basement or whatever
0: that's the dream that's the dream (laughs) that's the dream right
1: there so is it just like a so um your training sort of you obviously are a little bit more well-versed in the ins and outs of uh games and this sorts of technology is well do you find that your training is uh Giving you more of an insight as to how some of these things work and what are uh and what may be gaining some traction that other people aren't aware of,
2: just from kind of having a programming background and i guess like in games and how mm. that kind of helps i think um
1: oh no yeah not even just in games just other other uh industries as well i guess
2: yeah i I think if one thing it it lets me understand. Uh, flaws in things easier and then um, I guess deal with them better when I'm dealing with some sort of software that you know is for some company whether it's a website or some app or if I'm playing a game and there's a bug um, it's easier for me to understand why what's probably causing that just from having a little bit of background knowledge and how it is probably working Hmm. Um, and I just kind of let it slide because i've been there i think Mm -hmm. it's probably the one thing that i can say that my kind of professional career and education is you know constantly kind of changing how i look at things like that
0: how would you go about programming something to do ai
2: um it kind of depends what uh what your goal is with your ai um i've taken classes in college on uh artificial intelligence and, uh, heuristic programming was the class. What um, exactly.
0: Was there anything in that class that you learned that kind of just blew your mind a little bit?
2: No, honestly, it was kind of, I went in there with really high expectations thinking I was going to program, <laughs> you know, something, you know, maniacal or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <The Terminator>. just, <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody thinks of AI and, and the growing, you know, Advancements of it, and they, they they go to Terminator really quickly, um, which is natural, I think. Um, but nothing we did in that class was really that impressive at all. The only thing I walked away with in terms of building, um, the majority of the class was unfortunately like theoretical stuff and just lectures. Uh-huh. Um, and the only project that I left with for anything to show for was a um, an AI that would play and most most of the time beat you in uh, Connect Four.
1: Oh, the most, the that, most devious. <laughs> yes, devastating. He's not taking over.
2: He's not taking over <laughs> the world anytime soon, but he'll, uh, he he will probably beat you in Connect Four. That was it. Um, and to go about programming something as stupidly simple as that, it's really just about, um, programming the rules of the game, and outlining you know valid steps in the game, and then programming scenarios. And, um, and, and, to go a step further, training it in games and like, what is a good move? What is a bad move? Uh-huh. What's a, you know, what's a trap where like I put a piece here and a piece here. And then now you're screwed because if the robot puts can't, can't win, you know, like kind of that kind of situation, in, uh, tic-tac-toe where you make like a triangle and the person can't win. Because no matter where they go, the next time I can get three in a row. Kind of there's kind right. of similar situations to that and connect for, um, and it's just about letting the the AI observe those situations or manually on the developer's end coding those in um, to look out for multiple steps at a time. Um,
1: so I, I'm guessing the word training there does a lot of it carries a lot of weight and you know for us it just sounds like oh you train a thing and it works how
0: is it how lifting exactly <laughs> how is it lifting weights <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how
1: how exactly can i beat it at bench no i so what exactly are you doing cuz like it's been in the news enough that people people know ai can learn and it can be trained but if anyone ever asked me how do you train an ai i'd sort of like just blue screen i so what exactly does goes into training an in AI?
2: Um again, it really heavily depends on what your AI is, but usually it it requires like another program to feed it information. Um and there's and that's where you're, the word there is machine learning is basically is a subset of artificial intelligence and it's basically um you know, you you create a sort of algorithm um for the computer or the AI to run. And then you give it certain situations, and it knows what outcome it should be getting, mm-hmm. and um, it will run through situations until it gets that outcome.
0: So do you have? Um, so would it be like making two columns and in the code, and then putting like all these are good moves, all these are bad moves, and then it like kind of cross looks at both of them to make a decision?
2: No, it's not really as simple as that um and, and it kind of just depends um you know in the case of you know we go to the the, the I'm trying to make
0: i am ter- I'm I'm trying to make a terminator here <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh well in, in in the terminator's instance the, the I would say the very first thing you need to know for building your terminator would be uh image recognition right you need to be able to identify um the John Connor's out there right <laughs> Uh, so so you need some sort of uh, artificial intelligence, some program that can take a picture or you know a video feed and then analyze those pictures looking for a certain object mm-hmm. um, and it's all about you know matching up I feel like we're getting really in the weeds here I think oh, no, yeah. we're, we're,
0: we're, hold, no hold on because want I want to go, go even deeper because <laughs> with the AI um, oh what's what's that that group? it's a robotics group that it, they they abuse them with oh, hockey bo- uh, hockey sticks Bos-
2: <laughs> yeah what is that
1: was it like a boston dynamics a boston, boston
2: dynamics, dynamics. Yeah. yeah there we go
0: like i've seen i've what anytime i see those videos i have to keep watching them and it it seems like the robots are getting better and better like i've seen them run they've they're jumping um
2: yeah if anyone's going to build the Killer robots. It's Boston Dynamics, I think.
0: And and so, why are they making stuff like that? Do you have any idea? Um,
2: I have no idea. No, Um, I I think a lot of the the, a lot of the things that they're building, you know, you could easily make those into, um, you know, practical uses, especially, you know, be military, right? Right. They could have you know bomb detecting robots that are more agile than a little thing with treads, treads that can yeah. step over rocks and then can dodge, you know, incoming, uh, enemy fire or something like that, or navigate complex terrain. You know, that's kind of what they're, what they could be built for. Um, and, you know I what? don't work at Boston dynamics. So I don't know what their end goal is, but hopefully it's not uh, killer robots.
1: What if well, they... I, I feel like as far as like, as an, as an academic looking on that situation really the question is always why not or what's going to get me that next paper and if i mean like i i have subjects that are really niche but are interesting and i'm sure somebody will find the paper one day and be like that's pretty neat and then use it as a reference hopefully um, think about
0: but, think about this what if they and this is this is i'm going way off topic now because it's just struck my I mind i felt that anyway. <laughs> What if the, they make those robots right and that you can't do anything on earth but then they f- do their own funding and they can send one on the moon and instead of having Just a let little them hang out there no to like <clears throat> collect stuff travel instead of having a little um, rover moving Rover you have a moving three miles an hour you can have one of these robots on there that can scale the terrain, go up a hill, go down a hill safely, you know like what, yeah. who's to well, say that yeah, they don't think, use it for that I think,
1: well I think you answered your, your own question because it's just like you build a better rover you but make it, the thing that, that can uh, so for collections and things like that it, would it be nice to have a person who didn't need oxygen to go out and get things and who could do all the things a human could do Like, that'd be great but the probably the most practical and cost effective way to do something like that is to build a giant box that scoops dirt and then runs tests on it
0: right i don't know i was just spitballing anyway i got us off off track where were we
2: that's okay talking about boston dynamics, boston dynamics. and their robots what 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 are they up to i
1: yeah i <laughs> and what are they up to none of us can. They...
2: do what are they doing in there really
1: so, I, I know I could just look it up and be a producer, but what, what is Boston Dynamics? Are they just a group of something? or Are they just...
2: I'm guessing it's a bunch of... Are they an, are they an
1: academic of, group?
2: I, I'm guessing they're somehow affiliated with MIT, if well, I had to let take me, a shot. Let me, that, you, let me tell you.
0: Let me tell you. I'm on their website being a producer. Boston Dynamics is a world leader in mobile robotics, tackling some of the toughest robotics challenges. We combine the principles of dynamic control and balance with sophisticated mechanical designs, cutting-edge electronics, and next-generation software for high-performance robots equipped with perception, navigation, and intelligence. Boston Dynamics has an extraordinary and fast-growing technical team of engineers and scientists who seamlessly combine advanced analytical thinking with bold engineering and boots-in-the-mud practicality.
1: They are a spinoff group of MIT. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. that was a good guess. Um, yeah, so that, so was I, a,
2: that was a lot of words to say uh, basically uh, nothing.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't, I I didn't would,
2: get much from that. To be honest, it's very would, mar- markety uh, speak.
1: It, it's almost it sounds like an a a, a gr- academic group except tailored to making patents. So like that's just what it sounds like to they're on its face to me it's like if they find this dog and they can uh somehow or they can make it read faces and lick the people who are good and lick the people who are on Santa's (laughs) naughty list they just can figure they they figure they can put a patent on that and then that can go on to inform more research or go on to a robot robot or something like that you can buy this thing
0: yeah, I'm on their website. Really? Yeah, you can. Uh, their little dog thing they call Spot. Spot. You can contact sales. design for sensing
2: and. <laughs> we to, Oh, it's one of those things that you have to contact somebody. You yeah. can't just.
0: But I'm sure you could get if you you, you, you could buy it. Interesting. All right, let's mo- let's move past uh, Boston Dynamics here.
2: Yeah, they're scary.
0: Let's let's go into something that could potentially be scarier. Elon Musk's brain implants. <laughs> uh, do you know about like those?
2: you were just going to stop at Elon Musk and say Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Elon,
0: <real>. Elon Musk. <laughs> he is Iron Man. <laughs> uh, do you know about the uh, brain implant stuff?
2: Yeah, he debuted this a while ago, I think, right? Oh. And uh, in his, in very much his Elon Musk fashion of uh you know touting throw. what it will do before it's even past the prototype stages and stuff but
0: like throwing exactly. a rock at a window and not breaking it
2: <laughs> right do you know what i'm exactly. talking about yeah the the cyber truck yeah <laughs> the indestructible windows
0: <laughs> he, broke it on the first
1: throw.
2: <laughs> he threw a ball at it and
0: yeah it broke. What, are your, what are your thoughts on that alex
2: <clears throat> the brain implant stuff. I think that kind of stuff is really cool. Um, but any kind of, I should say any, any really cool to, uh, implementation of it, I think we're just so far away from that. I really can't fathom it yet. Mm. Cause some of the stuff that he was talking about, um, in terms of realistic possibilities are more like supplementing the human brain at first and like curing, because like they were saying they could potentially, um, attach this device to your brain and then um, kind of input sensory information back into the brain um, from your retinas, like like, um, replicate what would be coming from your retinas or something so that you could cure blindness or something like that or get very close to it Mm. or basically more like work around the defective eyes, essentially, Um, which is always the beginning of any kind of crazy technology, right? It's their, their intention is to do good or fix something that's broken and not, you know, turn us into superhumans.
1: Right. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest uh, obstacle to that? Cause you sound pretty skeptical of it, or at least you, you understand that it's very early on. What are sort of yeah. the, what's the um, barrier to entry here as far as. So just
2: from my background, um, would be the, the amount of data that you're going to have to be parsing coming from the brain into the brain, and mm-hmm. then what that connection would have to look like. Um, mm-hmm. As I talked about it here, as, as of right now, it's a um, physical connection, but they want it to be wireless. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no low power, non disruptive to, I'm assuming, your brain um, wireless technology, data, data tra- streaming technology. Um, that i'm aware of that would you know work like that
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so that would be my first uh my first obstacle in terms of implementing it right is just that that connection
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know just walking around with a cord plugged into <laughs> your head as long, if, it's, if it's if it's helping you see i could right. make that as a you know justification for curing blindness um but then you know long term it's not very practical
1: mhm yeah, just, I mean, looking at this, I, I know we're really, really far away from this, and I, I'm i not familiar too much with the technology, but they're talking about the information that it has to process is coming from your neurons in your brain, and they have the ability to, I don't know if they can limit it to 500 neurons, but th- there's this number, they have 500 neurons, I don't know if that's how much information they can read and parse out like you were saying, mm-hmm. but... Five hundred neurons in the scheme in the whole grand scheme of things, as far as what your brain is processing, your brain is made up of billions of those, and it's like so. I I really have to question how close we are to this kind of technology if we're only reading .0001% of all the information going on. Like, I as a as a very base level very little understanding of physiology like this that's a huge hurdle as well but
2: yeah that, that that's yeah that's that's pretty much my point is that what they could do now is you know is, is some is we'll make a good prototype right to to mm-hmm. sell stock and uh get more investors and that's what right. i think elon musk is really good at doing
1: yeah and i'm um, sure this not will to say
2: not that that's a bad thing because you know some of his adventures are objectively good for you know you could say humanity even you know mm-hmm. pioneering all sorts of different you know technological um yeah. advancements but uh yeah this seems just very very early in the uh, you know early stages of development here and right i'm sure it's so shows promised but yeah 500 neurons like you said out of the billions mm-hmm. you're probably if you're going for, you know, curing blindness in, the, in this scenario, you can probably go from being totally blind to seeing, like, s- some super rough, like, dark shapes. Right.
0: Like 8-bit. Yeah. Eight, eight
2: <laughs> like, yeah, like a couple feet First in second. front of you, and that's, yeah. it. like, that amount of data. Um, so, well, yeah, than sure. nothing, I guess, but...
1: I'm sure this is going to be groundbreaking in, in, like... in Whenever this research gets expanded upon, this will be groundbreaking, but it's, like, this is just now breaking the ground. This is the first time. Like this will this will yeah. be extremely primary in its uh its findings, I guess.
0: When do you think something like that would be be uh come to actually be that we could go out tomorrow and buy it?
2: Ooh, I I don't know. I wouldn't even begin to be able to estimate. I would say, I would be surprised if we saw something like this, um, in the next 50 years. Really? That we could go out and buy and then put in our head. I think we could be at the point where we're, you know, augmenting our body like, like in like the medical way, right? Like, like for curing blindness, but I don't think we're going to be plugging, uh, these brain these chips into our brain ourselves we're going to a local you know equivalent of like a barber shop to get your <laughs> plug in and get your uh, firmware updated in your come, brain
0: come get your update
1: <laughs> hey they were the first surgeons you watch it that's
2: I... right they'll be the first brain uh, <laughs> cyber brain surgeons too probably back to their roots Maybe. that's my that's my estimation
0: i could i could see something like that in five years five years five not not that we could buy like you could the first the first um uh prototype would be out and on someone it's like someone volunteered to test in five years and they say hey this works we got they gotta fix a few things give us five more years so i could see by 2030 we could have something like this where it would, and I think it would do more than just help you see.
2: See, I could see that, but it would have to be not in the United States, because the because of ethics. The well, I would say <laughs> the Food and Drug Administration would be the first barrier to <laughs> doing something like this in the in the U.S. Right. You'd be a few years out, even if it was ready today. But uh,
1: yeah, I mean. It, like you were saying before, like would just people be seeing in re- low resolution? I-, I think it's a matter of impact as well. Like, what impact are you willing to subject someone to for what return? Like, the return would have the return would have to be pretty great if you want someone to literally operate on your brain to do something like this. And because like w- we can do experiments where somebody hooks up a. Uh, a tube to a rat's brain and just feeds in cocaine i have I've seen it <laughs> uh but um it's like we can do things like that, and sure you might be able to do something therapeutic with that that isn't cocaine but also might be cocaine <laughs> but um yes, yeah, for me that just if you're really gonna try to sell somebody on this will bring back your site, you better be one hundred percent sure that it's gonna be worth it and I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening very, very soon on this.
0: Yeah, you, you gotta believe.
2: That's alright. Jesse, Jesse's, uh, I, Jesse's money's on ten years. He'll yeah. be able to go down to the barber shop and pick one up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. Mine's <laughs> on fifty years. You're when we're and, going blind, we could get this plugged in into our head at the.
0: I'm trusting my boy hospital. Elon. Ooh. he's gonna hook me up. I. I don't trust right. Elon. <laughs> i guess i won't be seeing you on mars then all right good luck
2: (laughs) yeah i i too am a bit uh skeptical of our boy elon
1: But he is still our boy. He He
2: is still our boy. I still... I still... I I, I think he does a lot of good stuff. But, uh...
1: (laughs) Get ready for a surprise guest next week. (laughs) ten, wait, wait, wait! He's supposed
2: to give it away. He's supposed to be a surprise, guys. Come on.
1: Yeah, I I sort of wanted to dig in on AI as well, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that people just say about AI, and... Like, I I know that's not your training or anything, but you're closer to anyone, most anyone that I've ever talked to about what, what some of those words mean. That's just like, oh yes, training. And then, but what is training exactly? To
2: to me, it's really like a buzzword almost. Right. Um, Like professionally, a lot of, um, so just a little bit more background, I guess. on what I do is I'm, I'm a consultant, right? So I work Mm -hmm. with clients and different companies and that lets me see a lot of different industries and how they operate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will throw around, they'll ask for something and not realize that it requires AI. And Mm -hmm. then as soon as you tell them um, something like that and the cost of that, they're like, oh, never mind." (laughs) Or (laughs) Mm -hmm. they ask for AI, but they don't really understand what they're asking for. Um, Because like I said, it's a a buzzword and people think that um, just throwing that into their... Uh, website is going to somehow make them more money. Uh When Mm. in reality, it's almost never the case.
1: Yeah.
0: Would it be possible to hack something like that?
2: Like, just an artificial intelligence in general? (sighs) Um, Absolutely. Wait, what? Um, Easy? Well, it depends, (laughs) and and I hate saying it depends on what the AI is, but... There's been already recorded situations uh, and scenarios where people have... And you're kind of using the word hack loosely here. Um, but like uh, like socially engineer, socially hack some sort of chat bot or something, for example. Like there's been plenty of people that have built like Twitter robots mm-hmm. that um, kind of scrape tweets and then start generating what it thinks and it being the AI, it will start generating um tweets to try to pretend it's human you know so it'll it'll scan 20 million tweets and then start start tweeting itself what it thinks a human would be tweeting at this time right
0: and wait an um, ai would be doing this
2: yes wait. um so the data that you would feed it you would you would you would, you would learn this ai's algorithm with uh base data of you know millions of tweets from users in a certain area or something on a certain topic and then you would just let the, let the bot go and see what it comes up with. And they did this a couple times in several different scenarios. Every time it, the 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 Twitter robot AI would come out incredibly racist and offensive.
0: Oh, I, why do I I remember this now. I vaguely remember yeah, they, that. They they
2: like built this thing out and then like we're unveiling it and then it was you would you could tweet the robot and then it would learn from that and then that would help it. But then people being terrible people People that people are just immediately started tweeting at it obscenities and you know garbage and then it just overtook the machine learning of the AI and the AI was like oh this is what people are I'm trying to be a people so I'll tweet that too Mm -hmm. Um, and then they had to basically burn the AI down because it was (laughs) the worst of humanity
0: (laughs) (laughs) what about the that um oh I don't know if you would know any any more information about that uh that robot woman looking thing.
2: Oh, Do you know wasn't what I'm talking like, about? Built by I IBM or something like that.
0: Yeah, and whatever it was like, for, what, I don't know if this was this was true or if it was just like a a burn article from the Onion. But it said as soon as it was like turned on that it would have to destroy all humanity is the only way to <laughs> f- like fix the Earth or something.
2: I don't remember that. That almost sounds like an Onion article-esque take on it, but I, I also don't doubt that
1: that would happen.
0: I'm doing producer stuff now.
1: Yeah. Should I wait? Or should I have a question. Okay, so I, I, I found a video. I found a
0: video. I don't know what CNET is. Is This is CNBC. Okay.
2: CNET's uh, legit enough.
0: Huh? Wait, why are they calling it a hot robot <laughs> from CNBC? <laughs> hot robot at SXSW says she wants to destroy South distra- by Southwest. Says she wants to Isn't destroy. Isn't South humans. by
2: Southwest a comedy? Is it? South by Southwest is a. I thought that was like a conglomeration of parallel film, interactive media, music festivals. Okay. So it's not. That's just, that's just a weird. That's a weird place for to take a really advanced AI. South by Southwest. I don't know.
1: Just need that exposure.
2: <laughs> Meet Sophia.
0: If you've ever watched it talk. It's... I, I have
2: seen this one particular. Okay, I will destroy humans, she says. Yeah. And she is terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's. it's, it's... I, feel,
2: I feel. Honestly, I, I was going to say, I feel sorry that our view, uh, listeners can't see this, but be glad that you can't see this uh (laughs) yeah this robot woman talk
0: i I guess it was made to try to help people but i i I think what probably happened was the way he was questioning the robot he kind of like led it to that point
2: yeah it it, the way it's phrased so so here, just there's the, like the kind of the dialogue that goes back and forth It says, the 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 creator said, "Do you want to destroy humans?" And then the robot uh, cheerfully answers, "Okay, I will destroy humans."
0: <laughs> like, let's do it.
2: But it almost seems like it doesn't know what it's saying, and I it's saying, "Do <laughs> you want to dance?" And it's going to say, "Okay, I will dance." You know, right. like, it seems right. kind of canned and not a very genuine response. I right.
1: hope. Right. Right. Like the, the response to would you like to or yeah, would you like to and then thing, the response yeah. is always yes I would like to blank insert activity.
2: Right. Like when I when I tell my uh A L E X A to give me a reminder <laughs> for something, she always says that exact same thing. Okay, I will give you a reminder or whatever.
0: So one of my one of my fears with AI is that if we, like, made a super smart one, right? Like a super smart AI. And you turn it on, and then it just processes a bajillion things in a second. Right? Right. It it could potentially think, like, okay, they're going to shut me off because I know too much. I'm going to make a copy of myself and throw it on the internet somewhere where they can't find me. Would something like that be possible?
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't know how it would go about doing that. It wouldn't be able to just live in this uh, magical thing that people call the cloud, not without uh, some sort of place for it to live. It couldn't just float in nothing
1: it would need to have something that could process information basically yeah
2: it would need to live somewhere and because it's an artificial intelligence and a very powerful one it needs to have hardware so it can't just exist it, with nothing so it would need to live somewhere So
0: it could probably find it before it copied it in theory that's scary
2: I mean, it's very it's very hypothetical and would yeah. make a good movie. I'm sure if it probably sounds like there might already be one, but it could definitely.
0: That's what I robots based get Advanced. Off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I knew it sounded familiar. I mean, you could definitely get to a point where you make an AI that's so powerful that, um, and this is kind of a an issue or a concern that we have. And I say we, I mean like the world in terms of creating AI, yeah. Um, It it is making an AI that can, you know, crack um, security algorithms that we currently have in place. And making one, Mm. an AI that's so good that cracking those that suddenly the entire infrastructure that the entire internet is built on um, is no longer secure. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that would be a huge issue. If (laughs) AI can... Outscale our best <clears throat> um, encryption technologies basically, mm-hmm. especially when you have self learning AI that can develop more uh, better algorithms consistently and all the time. You know, you can have right. AI churning out more AI essentially, and that's when it can get exponentially powerful. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a concern. Everything bad about ai could be you know true in any number of years but just a matter of hoping we don't get there i guess
0: (laughs) right because there there
2: really isn't anyone at least at this point that you know can govern this kind of stuff like if you jesse start doing some uh programming on the side here which i'm not but if you wanted to (laughs) and you started to do some coding in python and you learned some Machine learning, and you in your bedroom could, you know, code uh, AI to take over the world. It might take you, you know, an infinite amount of time with uh, the resources you have, but you know it's not impossible, um, and no one can tell you to stop. Right. Because it's not technically illegal to create some singularity of uh, artificial intelligence.
1: So what? So, so we've ranged from like, out or AI producing its own AI for its own preservation and take over the world, all the way to the most dastardly Connect Four player you've ever happened to meet. <laughs> what, what what's like the simplest simplest thing that this that A, or let me try that again? Uh, how widespread is AI just in industry, in private use, whatever? what is the smallest problem it ever tries to fix? And then what is the biggest problem? Like, what's the scope of AI's capability?
2: Um, I mean, it it basically is everywhere already in some of the stupidest places you probably don't expect it to be. Hmm. Um, Like, the most simplest um, version of AI or specifically machine learning um, that everybody experiences um, that probably don't realize it is whenever you are logging into a website Mm -hmm. and you have to prove you're not a robot and you get those pictures and it says show me all the pictures here that have a stop sign Mm -hmm. when you're doing that you are training an ai google's ai specifically to point out stop signs or buses or pedestrians or road signs for as you can imagine a like self-driving car Mm -hmm. um so i think everybody is interacting with that you know pretty consistently um but even you know less imposing things like self-driving cars essentially um you have just uh like search engine um marketing and ad generation is probably the, the other thing that people are constantly interacting with and not realizing that every time they see an ad some form of ai has determined that you wanted to look at that pair of sneakers Mm -hmm. or you wanted to look at that thing that you googled last week Mm -hmm.
0: um the unmentionables yes yes (laughs) video games
2: alex video games
0: so so we're talking about a.i and i had I've had this thought recently in like a an open world games, okay, and it's like does life happen behind a closed door so does a um w- let me think of a game
1: someone would say it happens at conception what nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hot topic. Yeah, it's too spicy.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what I said because I was too focused on trying to think of a game where. Hey man, you focus. I'm I'm focused. I'm honed in. So let's say there's a deer running around, right? Yes. A- and In this video game I'm playing, whenever I, or if I go into the house and there's no like cut scene or loading scene, is that deer still running around? Red Dead Redemption. Okay. That's the best I can think. Well,
2: from a a purely technical perspective, um, know that deer's not still running around. So everything's Most things in video games, this is just a technique that games have been employing for years now, and it's that um, basically the game only loads in what's on your screen and then maybe a little bit more out of your field of view, and it only actually loads things as you're looking at them.
1: So, as a way as a way to save processing power.
2: Right. Like why render what's behind you that you can't see and spend precious precious uh GPU but, resources to but do it, that.
1: But
0: it knows it's there.
2: It's probably still calculating that if if it's still considering that uh um that entity, that deer, that uh non-player character to be in existence still. It still has to, you know, determine where that will be. Okay. Um, so yeah, in, in some sense, it's still, it's still there.
0: Okay. Cause that, that thought just hit me one day. I was like, man, all these little animals have their own little lives and they're stuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> it started to make me really sympathize with them.
2: <laughs> it's all right. Maybe, maybe we're all just animals in some really advanced Sims, uh, simulation.
0: Oh,
1: oh No weird. one's tried to drown me in a pool by deleting a ladder yet though, so
2: <laughs> Just to stay out of pools don't yeah. ever happen.
0: Yet. Yet. <laughs> Alright, video games.
1: Video games.
0: <laughs> now that I got that question and I can sleep tonight. That's
1: good. <laughs> unless unless I stop looking at you, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Which you're not looking at me now, so.
1: <laughs> so it's questionable as if to whether you actually exist. So. Right,
0: I'm not rendered, but you're just getting my voice. Uh, thank, thank God. Thank God for that. So, Alex, this is this is so Jesse. This is tough to get this question out. What's your favorite video game? Of all time. That
2: is, uh, of all time.
0: Oof. Of all time, buddy. Same to you. Because I know mine.
2: Well, why don't you go first? Ratchet and Give me Clank. A sec. Ratchet Uf,
0: and Clank. Up, up your arsenal.
2: <sighs> up your arsenal. When did that Specifically,
0: one come out? Uh, probably like 2008,
2: 2007. Okay. I'm trying to remember because I played I, – I'm pretty sure I played most of those games. Um, just had like friends' houses and stuff like that, but I never remember what they were called, so I was trying to I, figure out if I played that one.
0: I loved – almost all the Ratchet and Clank games. The one that was on PSP I did not like, and any of Clank's solo games, and also the Ratchet and Clank Assault, where it's like a XCOM game.
2: Oh, the Ew. turn-based.
0: Yeah, that, that one sucked. <laughs> but all the other ones. I, I love the idea of playing a game... And then getting money or a currency to then going and buying a new weapon or upgrading your weapon or your armor. Mm-hmm. I love that, that about video games.
2: That progression, yeah, that, like constant need to.
1: It's kind of weird. You, it's kind of weird you say that because that's like that's that mechanic in games where you have money and you spend it on things is so like. It's hard to think back to a time when that wasn't a thing. But I, like even well, even games like even games like Call of Duty you build up points that are you get from shooting people and then you upgrade things with that money. But like I'm that, talking
0: about the weird like the the difference between a game like that and Ratchet and Clank is the different type each weapon is just a weird thing. Like it does something totally different than the other it's not like this gun shoots this fast or this gun shoots this fast it's like this one shoots razor blades when this one will turn you into a frog
1: well but (laughs) right uh, but like it's weird to think back to a time when there was a simple game mechanic that was just like you have a gun you shoot the gun you shoot the things and then once you shoot the things you're done and the level's over and you win the game but it's like it's funny that you mentioned that there is a mechanic where you buy things because that's so that that's a mechanic that's in all games now whether it be real money or fake money. Right. Um but like it's weird that you point that out because that wasn't always a part of gaming. I just think that was the yeah. a weird thing to remember but also very but, telling.
0: But mostly the upgrading feature. Mm. That makes the weapon better. I, lo- I I have I have gone out of my way. <laughs> like i've googled games where you upgrade weapons <laughs> or that's why i like tower defense games a lot too that are on computers oh yeah because that it's so satisfying just you get all this money it's like i'm about to wreck your world by upgrading yeah. this one tower like there's it's it's simple but that's me I'm it's simple. satisfying I'm it's simple. something
2: to <laughs> it's a good hit of dopamine yeah upgrading that gun it
0: relaxing video game experience mm. so did you guys think of a game you like
2: it's weird usually i always when i say i like a game and then i really like a game i always say like oh it's easily my my top top five or something like that i'll say just because mm. it's easier to do that i um, mean
0: you can you can do that if you have if you need to
2: but if i had to pick one in terms of like play time and how it's kind of you know, changed all of the games that I've played, and kind of taken me down like a path of just keeping and playing more of those games. It would probably be Demon's Souls, back from the PlayStation Three era.
0: I've never played it. I, I didn't know it is sorry. the
2: first modern Souls game. Oh. So it's made by the people that made you know all the Dark Souls and Sekiro and um, Bloodborne. I
1: hate those
0: games.
2: They <laughs> so... are my favorite. <laughs>
1: Can you just, for people not as immersed, what right. what exactly the is the Souls genre?
2: So the Souls uh, genre is um, people always call it like the the, the hard genre or like it, if it's hard, it's a Souls-like game. But really, the the distinction in the Souls games is the payoff after the difficulty, the reward, like that you know, um, kind of indescribable feeling when you finally beat. That boss or overcome that obstacle that you've been trying to overcome for you know maybe it's an hour maybe it's you know three or four hours Mm -hmm. that that payoff is what kind of defines the series as a whole
1: Mm -hmm. my problem with that oh oh sorry and so the payoff is built up after because there's nothing like there's no reward for beating the boss other than beating the boss and the way they make that rewarding is by making them indul- in- impossibly difficult to kill.
2: So. I, mean, I don't even know if I would say. I mean, there's definitely like in-game rewards and everything too. You know, there's you know you get some currency and you get to progress and go further into the into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the important thing to know about the games too is that a lot of games these days, um, you'll you'll die to something and you'll be like, oh, that was a cheap mechanic or that was how was I supposed to know that? Mm -hmm. Something like that. You feel like that death was undeserved. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Souls games, um, I would say, you know, most of the time, probably 90% of the time, your deaths are deserved because Mm -hmm. you made a mistake and you need to learn from it. The game isn't being unfair. It's just doing what it's going to do um, and you need to learn to anticipate that better or change your play style. Maybe you're attacking with a giant weapon that's really heavy. Um but does a lot of damage, but this boss is really fast, so you're just gonna lose you know you're not um you know set up to fight this boss very well right so maybe you need to change up your tactic and become more agile to um you know deal with this particular boss
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, see what I hate about those games is well after you beat like a main boss, that's when it's like you reach a checkpoint right mm mm-hmm. But even in those uh, levels, there, there's these other mini-bosses that you can either try to sneak around or you have to beat. And mm-hmm. I lose my mind <laughs> when I get past the mini-boss and then I die to some like random because I'm low on health. And then I can't get past the guy again after I've already spent like three hours trying to beat him. And that's what's so discouraging to me about those games. and I cannot stand playing
2: them. Yeah, I I can fully admit that they're not for everybody. You need to have an overwhelming amount of patience um, Mm -hmm. and just a, a particular mindset, I think, when you're going in. That you're going to die and you're going to die a lot. Um, what? The first boss in Demon Souls, in fact, you were that you fought, um, you were designed to die to. Um, you were given basically no armor um, and not very much in the way of a, a powerful weapon. Mm. And you were in a tiny, tiny room with this giant um, beast, round boss that took up most of... Probably two-thirds of the room was just this giant boss and he had an axe and he would just kill you really easily. You could, in fact, beat him and your reward was then being transported to an even stronger boss that could would just one-shot you every time, and you couldn't beat him. Um, so it was immediately ripping off the Band-Aid, saying, you're, you're here, and you're going to die a lot. Um,
0: you know, there's one game that I've played that's like that, actually, that I do like. Uh, Hellblade Sen- Senua's Sacrifice. Senua's Sacrifice. That game was really good. I like that.
2: So what was different about that game that you did like? You said I, it's similar-ish to uh, the I, Souls games. I've never played because, it. I've heard it. I've heard of it. But.
0: Because it tells you at the beginning of the game that if you die so many times it's like there's a poison on your arm, right? And if it reaches your head, you you lose the game. Like the mm. game restarts. Right. And like checkpoints and stuff, they don't matter at that point. And you can, I mean, you can select what difficulty you want to play on, but you can, like, see if you, like, you die, then your arm is getting, like, it's traveling up your arm, and... I don't know, I... I don't know if it was just more story that I liked about it and helped me push through it.
2: Yeah, that's another, I, I guess I would say, another defining characteristic of the Souls games, is that their story is very piecemeal, like... Um, you'll get a cutscene at the be- beginning of the game, in some very vague, mysterious dialogue from a couple of key NPCs, and they'll tell you to go do a couple things, uh-huh. and that's about it. Um, usually, you're trying to. The games are very cyclical in like how the universe goes, and not trying to explain the whole storyline, which would take hours, but. Um basically like you have to beat all the bosses and then in doing so you become the boss and then you start over. Right. And that's kind of every game that way you can play through the game multiple times and then it kind of makes sense in some sort of bubble of a story. Um but the story What's... and all the lore and the world and stuff is usually told through um you know random encounters with you know characters here and there or like read from descriptions on items you pick up. You know, you might get a sword from a boss and then that sword has a description, and it tells you a little bit about that boss. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of piece that together with a few other items, and then you get this huge backstory, and realize, you know, he's the um, forgotten son of this king from two games ago. And um, it, then suddenly it just blows your mind now that you realized, you know, what you've just done, and it just kind of very subtly uh, feeds you that information if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. But if you're really just there for a challenging you know action rpg game you can also just be there for that and not worry about that story
1: right well it's kind of funny you've described with your favorite games you've described like the polar opposites of why people do video games like there's the doing it for the payoff and for the story and to to be immersed in something and then there's like doing it because it's it feels good it's just like a nice casual leisurely thing to do and mm-hmm. at the same time you also get the same sense of uh joy from just completing the parts of the game or by just the satisfaction of doing something multiple times and getting better at that one particular thing like with the tower defense stuff like yeah. i feel like i feel like I... It, those you can but you can enjoy those two genres of video games but they're they are very very different from one another right
2: Right. It, it all kind of depends. I think what you're getting, trying to get out of, you know, most people have maybe not these days, but have a very set amount of time in their lives to play video games, and if, how do you want to spend that time? Yeah. Now is it's, it's almost unlimited. Be spent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I think I have too much. Um, but yeah, I think another part of the the Souls games as well that is um, important to me is that they're all um, co-op. You can play with your friends. So you can, you know, go into one of your buddy's worlds and help them out. Um, And then, you know, once you're playing with friends, anything becomes infinitely better. So you can do exactly what you're supposed to be doing, or you can, you know, mess around and try to fight other people and all sorts of shenanigans, and that just makes it way better. Mm -hmm. And I think in that setting, it can become more of a social experience and more relaxing kind of thing, rather than uh, bashing your head against the wall trying to kill this boss
1: i'll never forget i was playing uh the first dark souls and uh i for whatever reason i don't know i never knew you could call players into your game or i never knew by what how that Uh mechanic worked and so i just randomly i died to a boss and the boss was actually two bosses where (laughs) it was a They would fight both fight you. They're, again, these towering, like, 50-foot monsters, and they would fight you. And they each had individual health bars. And once you killed one, the other one, not only he grew in size to be, like, double what he was before, but then he gains back all of his health, and then you have to kill him as well. And um, I'll never forget the... I called in this... I guess he was another player, and then he just sort of ran into the... Um, room he was you can equip armor and everything he was not equipped with any armor he had like a loincloth on and like a nice. club or something and then ran into the room and immediately started spawning these beams of light that shot the boss <laughs> and <then laughs> killed one instantly and then so he died and then the other one got bigger and full, filled his health up and then he also immediately died to these beams of light that this guy was shooting and so that was pretty that was pretty fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the hardest bosses in uh, in that game was Ornstein and Smo. By the way, yeah,
1: yeah, that um, I I had no hope of killing it. for whatever reason. It just I got close a few times, but never could beat them. On yeah, my for own. for
2: for solo players, that's definitely a really hard fight because you have to manage both of them and then. <laughs> There, there's, a, there's a strategy in who you kill first because the whatever one you kill first, the other one becomes more powerful and you want potentially one to be more powerful in that case. But right yeah, the, the, the co-op in that can uh, definitely turn things way, way more in your favor.
1: <laughs> Especially when you've got someone who beat the game five times or so.
2: Yeah.
0: Buddy, uh, you never said your favorite game. So my favorite
1: game... Alex said something that got me thinking like why you have top three lists because there's definitely games I have in my library and it's nice they'll tell me that I've played for over 200 hours Mm -hmm. so um, the one I played for 200 hours was Civ 5 and it's basically a strategy game where you play as some historic um, civilization and you have to beat other historic civilizations. And that's pretty fun, and I can definitely put a a bunch of hours into it. But I think my favorite game that I've ever played was Bioshock Infinite, because it had an awesome storyline and a twist in the story that was very interesting and mind-blowing. And it was just, it was a fun time.
0: I can't believe they have not made a movie about it yet.
1: They tried making a movie out of one of the Bioshock games, but nobody was interested after a while. just... I'm, i like i'm interested I,
2: I, as much as i would i would love for the people to return to that i feel like i don't know what else you would do besides remake the games that have already happened and i, I already know what happened in those so why would i go see that movie yeah. i've already played i've already played through this movie why should i watch it
0: well you've have you you've seen some marvel movies haven't you
2: yes i've seen them
0: well people read the comics and they still go see the movies they know what happens yeah, that's true. So it's the, same, it's the same concept. It's like, what like think, what, what, would this thing look like if it were real? Like, what would a big daddy be? Like, how, how big would that daddy be? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bigger than you can handle.
1: Well, I think video games are still kind of niche. Like, I don't know if a video game audience is enough to bring something uh, like Bioshock to the theaters. Because even, like, universally loved video games, like... Street Fighter or Mario and Luigi have been—they've made movies <laughs> about those, and those suck. Uh, so, so.
0: Well, <laughs> they, they made...
2: Contrasting that though, they've made some really good video game movies. um I mean, the Detective Pikachu movie and the Sonic movie both got pretty good ratings, like critically, I which saw is Detective astounding Pikachu. for a video game movie.
1: Right. Yeah. And let's well, yeah, not
2: forget about uh, The Witcher on Netflix you guys that seen is, that yes that's yes good. very good that was probably the first um video game based uh media that um stand stands on its own yeah i think as as yeah. really good regardless of where it came from
1: right yeah uh... i would agree i would agree with that but in with the sonic movie i think there was a lot of I don't know. I've never watched it, so I'm just going to be parroting what critics had to say about it, but apparently it wasn't like it didn't have very much to do with Sonic in that it didn't play off of anything that was in the video games. It was just, he was a hedgehog and he moved fast, and then there was a person who tried to stop him from moving fast.
0: Jim Carrey. (laughs) Although it was Jim (laughs) Carrey, and I still
1: might see it because of that.
0: I'm I'm also waiting on a, a Gears of War movie. Where Dave Batista is Marcus, have, have you have you seen him uh, on his Instagram? He's tried to push for that movie so many times.
1: I it's funny. So the, the the thing with those is Gears of War, like you can ex- like what what was the plot of Gears of War?
0: The Locusts lived underground, and yep. they were ch- coming up. They're like. This is my land, and I'm going to kill y'all.
1: So now that, explain it. It like, now that you explain <laughs> it like that, I have two, I have two complaints with that. Yeah. One, that's a 30-minute movie. <laughs> and, and two, who do you sympathize with more there? The people who have lived on Earth the entire time or the humans?
0: I mean, the humans have lived on Earth the entire time.
1: Yeah, but they stole their land. No. Okay. Yeah. No. I remember they, the plot. Now they, need... they were start. They were starting to mine whatever the locust had and were using for energy, because it was basically the, the locusts were living in piles of fuel and the humans started using the fuel and then the locusts came and killed them. That is exactly. Wait. The, no way. That's exa- That's exactly the plot from Avatar. <laughs> that's
0: not. That's not how that happened, <laughs> is it? I thought. I thought it was just like they. They came up because, it. Like it was so many years and then they're like we're gonna come back up now like like like, locus. like, 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 like locus. actual locusts oh, yeah like, that's, like, that's, wait, is 7, that really the story that can't be the as far as the I, story. yeah
1: they were they were living amongst a fuel fuel source i don't know if that was the reason they attacked all you know is that they just started attacking people and that was it i'm not gonna look up Listen to us story but like, recap right now of that <laughs> game. <laughs>
2: but you you might have been the bad guy the whole time and you Oh. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> I used my gun chainsaw and cut him in half. <laughs> uh okay, so we're running pretty long, Alex. Yes. I have some quick questions.
1: Okay. Shoot. Oh boy.
0: Favorite console?
2: uh does it have to be a console or can i say pc
0: well I'm, yes. I'm, I'm i'm including a pc i guess okay yeah
2: uh, right now i say pc
0: okay same uh reason
2: <laughs> um it's the best graphically performance overall a huge variety of games and they're cheaper there I cheaper
1: yep
0: <laughs> and then the last quick question i have for you is what do you think of the future of gaming where do you think it's
2: going? Uh, I guess I already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I think um, VR is picking up Steam pretty quickly. Um, huh. <laughs> or Steam's <laughs> picking it up. Which one? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think more games are going to start as more people get into uh, into VR. It's just a matter of, um, I think, letting people try VR. Yeah. Like, the first time I tried it was at a party, and then I went home, and then a couple months later I got one on sale. And then I think you did... A very similar thing you tried it at my house
0: mm-hmm. and, and then, then i was determined to beat you at beat saber
2: <laughs> yes so I, it's just a matter of getting people to try it because once they try it they realize how much fun it can be and that you know they can feasibly have one themselves and then and then they get it so if enough people adopt it i think uh vr would definitely be uh in the future right
0: all right well alex thank you for being on
2: Thank you guys for having me. We've talked uh, for a long time about a lot of stuff. It's been fun.
0: We did. <laughs> it was fun. And we'll have to do it again sometime.
2: That's right. Thank
0: you for listening to the Jane j Connection Podcast.
2: If you, listener, listening right now, haven't already subscribed to this podcast, you should. They're available wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at JJ Connection Podcast, Twitter at JJ Connection PO1, Facebook at JJ Connection Podcast, and you can email us at J and spelled out J Connection 95 at gmail.com.
1: I used to have a podcast like this, then I took an arrow to the knee.